Today, we have the morning announcements from Fiddle and Pipe podcast. My name is Katherine Flincham. And I'm Brittany Ross, and we are two beautiful women who host a beautiful podcast. And our lovely announcements pertain to this podcast. So, take a seat real quick while we just kind of give you those little tidbits to follow. Like our Instagram, at Fiddle and Pipe where you can check up on the latest updates, look at some teasers for our upcoming stuff, like our new book. I just posted a new reel today, and you should definitely check it out. And if you really want to be more involved, you can always follow our individual Instagrams. I'm at bmrossmusic. And I'm at catflinchflute. You might notice that we didn't have announcements last week. You should go check out last week's episode if you have a chance because we give you a free preview of one of our Patreon episodes of our Mm -hmm. Happy Hour podcast. I think that one actually featured Matt of Mm Conversations. And you don't need to drink alcohol for this. You can drink anything like your pumpkin spice latte. Or you can not drink. We're not judging. But if you would like to support us on Patreon, if you think what we do is worth $1.25 a week, you can find us at patreon.com slash fiddleandpipe. For $5 a month, you will have access to bloopers, outtakes, our happy hour podcasts, and I'm sure as we get more off the ground with this, we'll have a lot more content to reveal to y'all. You can also find us doing listener support on Anchor. That's anchor.com slash fiddleandpipe. Again, it's another monthly recurring donation either of those two sites will just go right to us and we really appreciate it in advance and we will broadcast your name to the world in our morning announcements lastly come join us on facebook if facebook is more your jam at fiddle and pipe forum we will make announcements and kind of talk about if you have anything that you want to talk about with the books just let us know and lastly lastly please 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 rate and review us on itunes Mm. slash apple podcasts Due to their algorithms, that's really the best way for us to reach new listeners and get higher up, so that way we can also get higher up. Yep, so please rate, review, subscribe, and listen to us. Yeah. Yay. And here's the episode. Ta-da! Hi, I'm Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Blencham, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. Hi, and welcome to Fiddle and Pipe, episode 21. We have a new book today. What book is it? And what is that book? I, I announced it last episode. Do you? Oh, okay. Well, I guess it's my turn. Today we are doing the classic, the wonderful, the sparkling Twilight. Not what I would have pictured us reading, but. Well, you said you never read Twilight, which okay, okay. <laughs> let's take this back. How long has this book been out? Two thousand five. I really don't know. It when was this like book sixteen, seventeen years. Okay, Brittany, how old were you in 2005? It's been around for a very long time. It's been around was, for 16 years. I'm, I'm still answering your this first book question. This is old enough to drive. <laughs> I was 11 in 2004. Wow. 
I have some controversies surrounding Stephanie Meyer, so I don't know if y'all want to dive into that before we start Twilight or oh. at the end of the oh. episode. Oh, I'm I curious. got some things to say. I got some things to say about good old Stephanie. And they're probably some similar things to you. I was going to say, it's a good thing that we have Matt on this episode. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm here. Oh, yeah. We have Matt. <laughs> <laughs> we never introduced. <laughs> you wouldn't expect me to be on an episode about Twilight. So we have Matt Richards with us today. <laughs> the one and only, a.k.a. the Impossible Burger, because we don't got no beef. Stephanie Meyer has two things going against her before we just dive into this book. So David actually told me both of these as we were eating dinner today and I had to fact check them because I was like, ooh, interesting tea to bring to the podcast, but need to fact check it to make sure. So there's an article from 2018, 2019, and 2020 that all say that she did not want to cast a black person in her movie unless they were a villain. I have not heard about this at all. Mm-hmm. I have not, but based on knowing about her, that does not surprise me at all. Yeah, and apparently it's a real thing. Apparently the director of Twilight wanted to bring more people of color in. The second controversy surrounding Stephanie Meyer. Mayer? Meyer. Meyer? I think Meyer. it's Meyer. Meyer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn it. Stephanie Meyer is the Native American tribe that Jacob is supposed to be a part of. The Quileute tribe is an actual Native American nation. Mm -hmm. in the northwest it's not a fictional tribe in her book yeah it's a real tribe yes this i did know their creation myth is also that they came from wolves Mm. similar to her book but in her book she twists it to show that that means that the native americans are villains So she twists their creation myth to show that they're villains, which is just the classic tale of white people screwing over Native Americans that we're used to seeing in this country. That's Mm -hmm. been happening for hundreds of years. The thing about Stephanie Meyer is that she's... I don't want to generalize or crap on her too much, but she was a Mormon. I think she still is a Mormon. From what I've experienced they have a very sheltered way of thinking. So the world to them is very limited. And when she was trying to put this book together, her limited worldview comes through very clearly when you see all the multiracial characters are supposed to be villains, when you see what her idea of true love, true romance is. And then you hear she's Mormon, you're kind of like, oh. That's why you think this is okay. (laughs) There are some other problematic things that show up in this series as well that many people have brought up. I'm sure we'll get to them. Before we jump into the book, I want to talk a little bit about my personal history with Twilight. You have a personal history? I'm curious about this personal history, Matt. I have a very personal history. Are you the villain? I am one of the villains in Twilight, (laughs) yes. Stephanie Meyer was like, this man is going to be my villain. No. (laughs) Twilight came out, obviously. It started getting really big when I was in high school. I remember being in ninth grade. All the girls were talking about this book. And I was like, Twilight, what is this even? I don't even know what this is. They were like casting for the movie at the times. Everybody was like, oh my God, who's going to be Edward? 
and then they mentioned it was going to be Robert Pattinson, and all the girls were like, oh my god, Robert Pattinson, and I was like, okay, what is this? And then my sister had the books. She was a fan of the books. And so I was like, this looks really stupid. So I made fun of it without reading it or watching it as most people did. But then I actually decided to sit down and watch the movie. And holy crap, this is really bad. I love it. Give me another one. And so I watched all the movies and I was like, these are terrible and I love them. So (laughs) fast forward to the release of the final movie, Breaking Dawn Part 2. I've only been to three movie midnight premieres in my life. One is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Yeah! Two, yeah, of course. (laughs) Two is Iron Man 3. And the third one is Breaking Dawn Part (laughs) 2. I'm surprised The Hobbit wasn't on there. Yeah, I didn't go on midnight to see The Hobbit. I'm not on midnight to see The Hobbit. I'm surprised you haven't seen The Force Awakens too. Force Awakens might have been, like, opening day, but I know I wasn't there at midnight for that one. We're all surprised at your movie choices. I know. But this one was only because I thought it was a date, and then I found out it wasn't a date, so it was a little awkward. That's another issue. I'll be honest. It was the best experience I've ever had in a movie theater. Watching this movie with all the fans who were reacting to everything and screaming at everything that happened, I was like... I'm getting into this too now. This is awesome. It's like a you get 4D experience. It really was. I loved it. So I guess indirectly, even though I've made fun of Twilight and I think there's a lot of issues that are technically very bad movies, I guess I'm indirectly a Twilight fan. And so that's kind of why I was excited to read this book because I've never sat down and read the books. I've only seen the movies. So we should probably get into the book, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chapter one. First sight. Already, we have an air of mystery. Wait, okay, here it is. Wait, there's a preface, isn't there? Yeah, there is a preface. I ignored it. (laughs) I'm such a good reader. Wasn't it like a Bible quote or something? The die one. Genesis. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Genesis 2.17. Yeah. I never gave much thought to how I would die. With the Bible verse, I'm thinking, is this kind of like a preference of how Stephanie Meyer is talking about how vampires were created, in a way? I don't know. Well, okay, so my knowledge of the Bible is not that good, but... That'll be our next book. (laughs) The Bible. Genesis is like the creation. Yes. The tree of knowledge of good and evil that's talking about the apple tree that Eve ate the apple from with the Mm -hmm. snack, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the tree of knowledge is also people. And they're talking about vampires eating people. But she's also talking about Bella knowing that Edward is a vampire and how knowledge can be a dual-edged sword. Sure. Let's go with that. I mean, you could really read the hell into this if you wanted to. We could just spend a whole podcast page on one. By- <laughs> page was, like, one. Sitting down and like reading this, I was like thinking to myself, "How did vampires come about?" I'm just like really diving deep into a dark hole about this. In Stephanie Meyer's world, or in yeah, in Stephanie reality? Meyer's world, she doesn't have a lot of lore explained in her work, so I guess it's up to interpretation. Maybe vampires didn't eat the fruit. 
So if you want a quick Wikipedia search, <laughs> because apparently I'm starting to get popular for doing that on our podcast, it's just quickly looking up whatever we're talking about. We are not planned ahead. The actual term of vampire was popularized in Western Europe after reports of a 18th century mass hysteria of a pre-existing folk belief in the Balkans and Eastern Europe that some cases resulted in corpse being staked and people being cures of vampirism. I'm so glad I wasn't around that time. Yeah, same. Same. I would have been the villain. I always think the same when anything about the Salem Ridge trials come up, and I'm like, I'm so glad, because I love cats too much. They would have killed me. And also, you are an actual witch, aren't you, Brittany? (laughs) Are you a good witch or a good witch? (laughs) Belinda, the good witch. The wicked witch of the West. (laughs) Hey, that's me. I'm out West. So here's a question. I have a reason for asking this. I'm not a vampire. Oh, well, you look like that pale-ass skin of <laughs> You're literally described how they describe half the Cullens in this book. White and beautiful. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I swear, if I had a drink for every time that they described them as beautiful, I'd be drunk as shit. I know! <laughs> Same! Every paragraph was like, they were so fucking beautiful, and they had beautiful eyes and beautiful everything, and I was just like, okay, calm down. But, no. My question is, what are the things you usually think of when you think of a vampire? Immortal. Immortality. Garlic. Mm-hmm. Garlic. They Nighttime. need an invitation to come in. Invitations? What did you say, Catherine? Nighttime. Night. Nighttime. Romanticized bloodsucker. Yes. <laughs> Capes. Because I think Dracula. And fangs. Glitter. <laughs> That's the thing. It's interesting because a lot of the things that we associate with vampires, Stephanie just kind of said, no, not my vampires. So it's almost like she just wanted to call them vampires, but she didn't want to actually use traditional vampire lore. She made it more modern. In a way, but it's like, I don't know. Why are you calling them vampires if you're not going to make them vampires? So we kind of talked earlier how she's very Mormon, or at least was very Mormon when she wrote and published these books. Yeah, she probably still is. Under the ancient beliefs section of Wikipedia, because I am just going to advertise the fact that I'm getting all my research off of Wikipedia. This video is not sponsored by Wikipedia. Let's just be honest. Who doesn't get their info from there? It says that blood drinking and similar activities were attributed to demons or spirits. And this is from ancient beliefs. So is it possible or is it that far of a reach to think that maybe she's so religious that she would have the idea that vampires were somehow related to the devil? And she was like, Hmm. maybe soften them up a little bit to make them more relatable. Honestly, yeah, I think Hmm. it has a lot to do with that. She was trying to think of a creature that's associated with evil Everybody knows, I guess, what a vampire is, so I guess that was an easy one to pick from. And the vampire-werewolf conflict is a huge thing in fiction and fantasy that's been going on for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. So it was probably easier for her to just Mm -hmm. draw from creatures that people already knew. And I think it can also be because things that are forbidden are seen by so many people. Yeah, they're seen as kinks by so many people. That's why you have all these things that... People are like, oh, no, I would never. But behind closed doors, a lot of people are really into these things. There's no question about it that vampires are very sexy to a lot of people. And the concept is very arousing to a lot of people. Oh, so. I mean, have you watched Interview with a Vampire? <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you read the books? It's, it I has have the same not, vibe. And I really want to read it. 
I remember watching the film, and I was like, Brad Pitt looks actually pretty attractive. When I was, like, watching it, I was like, wow, he was really good looking as a vampire. It's definitely not a new concept, being attracted to the monster, but they're not actually a monster because they're hot. (laughs) (laughs) So, we should probably talk about the book. (laughs) Other than page one. So, thank you for listening to our banter. Page one. The preface, she's like, I never given much thought to how I would die. I don't know exactly who she's talking about. It's Edward, isn't it? That's what I think. This exact quote shows up later in the book, I know for sure. Spoiler alert. How I kind of took it from it was that she was kind of ready for him to take her life and she would become a vampire. Like, she'll do anything for him. Yeah. What we were talking about, how vampires are romanticized, she fell in love with him and such like that. We all know they're talking about sex too, right? I didn't get that notion that's a big issue i feel like they're alluding to sex are they not as much sex as a vampire can physically have see i'm thinking more about towards the end of the book spoiler alert i guess but (laughs) there's a moment where he's sucking the blood out of her at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. and at the end of the book so this is like a spoiler basically for the end happening now it is Catherine. (laughs) what I'm pretty sure we all know how the story goes. It's interesting that you bring up the sex parallel because I do think that turning into a vampire is supposed to be synonymous with losing your virginity. The whole concept that she is ready for him to take her, that's very sexual. That's exactly what it's supposed to be a parallel for. So this book is not very subtle. Chapter one, first sight. We learn that Bella has divorced parents. Wait, okay, yeah, so Bella is a hot fucking mess. She is mean. (laughs) (laughs) She's a mean girl. Here's the, she really is. But here's the interesting thing. Bella's inner monologue is the same as mine a lot of the time. Are you Bella? Yeah, basically. People are talking to me. Why the fuck are you talking to me? Please get away. I don't know you like that. Who are these people? Please just look the other way. I'm not looking at you. You don't look at me. That's how I feel about some of my coffee customers that I don't know, that are not regulars. I wrote this for chapter two, but I'm going to bring it up now just because it's relevant. But I feel like Meyer tries really hard to make Bella into this relatable, unlikable teenage girl. If I had a drink every time she emphasizes how clumsy she is, I think I'd be trashed by the third chapter. Oh, yeah. It's a very obvious, see how plain she is? So I don't know what kind of versions that you guys are reading. I got this deluxe version from the the library. Is that the movie cover? No, it has also life and death. Oh, damn, it's a twofer. Yeah, and I guess it's Twilight Reimagined. I haven't read the foreword yet to the life and death version of Twilight, but from what I read in the first page, she basically talks about how Bella is a human in distress. So that might kind of partake in her clumsiness in a way. So Bella has divorced parents. She's basically portrayed as your average teenage girl. In the mid 2000s, listening to My Chemical Romance. She thinks that no one relates to her. Even though they all go out of their way to be her friend. Right? Yeah. And she's what popular. School is this? And, and like all the boys like her. And she's like, why does he want to talk to me? 
no one likes me. They all know I'm the sheriff's daughter. And I'm like, bitch, you're so conceited. <laughs> what does this girl have going on? I transferred to two schools. I remember the first school that I went to, this girl told me to shut up on the first day. And then when I went to the next school, someone thought I was the other redhead in the class. And I was like, Ooh. you know that just because I have red hair does not mean I'm this person. And we do We're not, not look all alike. the same. And also, nobody went out of their way to be my friend, so... Exactly. Like, what does this girl have going on that all the guys want to have sex with her? And all the girls are like, oh my god, join our circle. <laughs> High schoolers don't do this. Also, it really irritated me that she said that a flight from Phoenix to Seattle was four hours. I was like, that can't be right. So, while I was reading it, I looked it up. <laughs> and... It's not. It's actually three hours with two and a half hours being in the air. So I was like, where'd that extra hour go? I was like, four hours seems far apart. Because from Georgia to California, it's like five hours. I feel like Stephanie hasn't left Utah or something. She's in Connecticut. I don't know. I assume all Mormons live in Utah for some reason. What I got out of this chapter was when she was talking to Charlie in the car. And he's like, I got you a new car. My note was, she's really butthurt that she's getting a super old car, especially with the wow period, free period. But is she being sarcastic when she sees it? Because then she sees it and she's like, wow. She ends up liking it, yeah. Girl, I had a free car. It was a 1990 Toyota Corolla and I took it and I loved it. And I cried when I had to let it go. Yeah, I still have my car that my parents bought for me. Okay, so here's an interesting little thing here. Given that we've all seen the movie, and we know how Kristen Stewart portrayed Bella in the movie. Nauseous? Yes. <laughs> but it's really interesting to read the book because it's in first person, and you get a lot more context because you get every thought that's going on in her head. Mm -hmm. Right. In the movie, she just looks like she's going to throw up the whole time, and she just is giving everybody the resting bitch face. Adding the context, I think, helps a lot. Mm -hmm. At oh, least yeah. in terms yeah. of understanding who Bella is. I don't remember reading this book. I remember like certain plot points, but I don't remember like the details and the conversations because I read it once. And then I remember watching the movie and being like, Kristen Stewart does a good job of being awkward. Let's just put it out there. She's awkward. I mean, she does. She plays yeah. the role that's there. So, hey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's no dialogue happening. So you don't really get that clear idea of like what actually is going on and why she's acting that way. And I think that's why I wasn't so into the movie because I was just like, I don't get it. That's why a lot of people give Kristen Stewart shit for being bad in the movie, but it's not her fault because the mm -mm. dialogue that she has to say is ridiculous. What do y'all think of her writing style? It's interesting, especially when it's Bella, it's super dry. There's not really a lot to it. I think she's just trying to channel in an angsty teenager from yeah. the mid-2000s. If you think about it, if this came out in 2004, I mean, when I remember that time, I remember, like, I'm going to listen to Evanescence. Yeah. I'm going to mm -hmm. wear a black t-shirt today. I'm going <laughs> to put on some eyeliner. Look sad. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was a MO. That was a mood. Yeah. Yikes. Her writing, I found, was very repetitive. Yeah. In certain sections, I feel like she overemphasizes things, and I don't know if it's on purpose or not. She definitely does, though. She uses the same adjectives like 600 times. I put somewhere in my notes that she is adjective-friendly. Super <laughs> adjective-friendly. And especially on appearances. 
There's this whole paragraph where she's describing how green the trees are, and she says green like four times in the paragraph. Yeah. We get it. It rains in Washington. I get it. It's green. <laughs> or everything's wet. Or the Cullens are beautiful. Stuff exactly. like that. It, she definitely didn't go on to thesaurus.com to find some synonyms <laughs> or something. So I guess she has biology with Edward Cullen, and at the end of this chapter, he freaks out when she sits next to him. No, what she doesn't have with Edward is chemistry. Oh! Mm-hmm. No chemistry. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, uh. The plot in this book is so slow-moving, it's not even funny. It's kind of fast, though. There's not much of a plot, though. Well, yeah, it feels slow because nothing's happening, but they blow through a week in, like, two chapters, and I was like, oh, okay, we're just skipping all that. Buy mushrooms. I don't know why I said this. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's because when the movie came out, one of my friends was saying that they went to the premiere and someone, I don't know, they came in as mm-hmm. a shiny Volvo. I don't know how that came in. But when she parks into the school where she's driving to school for the first time, she's freaking out about her car being super old. Again, I think Stephanie Meyer was, try- or Meyer was trying to channel in an angsty, like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to fit in kind of teenager, just like most well, yeah. of us kind of felt in the day. But then when she goes into the parking lot, all the other cars are junky except the shiny Volvo. Mm-hmm. That is important. <laughs> I don't know why I put that down. <laughs> That's a plot point. I'm just putting down these random details because she really emphasizes certain things. In chapter two, when... Or maybe this is in chapter one. It was in one of the chapters where she's talking about how the Cullens don't only look attractive, but they also hang by themselves and they have really nice clothing. And they stick out, even though they look super well. And then when she sees Edward sitting against the Volvo or something like that, this is his car, they have money. Obviously, they're sticking out like sore thumbs when... What's his name? Uh, Carlisle Cullen is this amazing doctor. And Charlie talks Mm -hmm. about how they're just super lucky that they have him when he could be at one of the best hospitals in the country. Except they live in this tiny town. Obviously, something is not right there. (laughs) Because if you have that much money and you're that good looking, why are you in bumfuck forks? red flags everywhere everybody's just like oh they just like to keep to themselves it's like no somebody be investigating that and everybody in the school is i mean what's the girl's name jessica i can just only picture what's her name the actress that's in pitch Perfect. anna kendrick yes i can only just picture anna kendrick's face nothing else when jessica is talking about the collins and kind of has this attitude about it Obviously, they stick out as sore thumbs because they're not going around talking to other people and trying to date other people. And Edward is sure not doing that because nobody is good enough for him. Well, the second he expresses any interest in Bella, everyone's like, oh, girl. Well, he's first disgusted and he's like, the entire time. I also remember the scene in the movie where Robert Pattinson goes, I'll just have to endure it then. Catherine, your phone. I was trying to get out my freaking app and my notes up on my phone. I was so close. You did a really good impression of that. And then the next scene, he's like, 
Hello. Sorry I didn't get a chance to introduce myself last week. <laughs> I'm Edward Cullen. And then she's like, any cold, wet thing, I just don't like it. Okay, talking about the name Edward Cullen, Bella points out that when Jessica is going around like, oh, that's Edward and that's Alice and whatever and whatnot, it's Alice, Jasper, Rosalie, Emmett, and then Edward. She puts down, these are strange and unpopular names. But I'm like, saying, like, is it really that unpopular? She's like, these are grandfather and grandmother No, names. I mean, I went to school with an Alice, and I feel like Edward... I hear a lot of Eddies. Yeah. And Eds. Ed, Ed, and Eddie, yeah. Ed, yeah. Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, I miss that show. I know people with these names. It's better than Sex Fruit and Tallulah Does the Hula. And yes, those are actual real names that I remember from a 2005 Yahoo article that I read back in like Good middle God. school. Wait, I have to ask, were they black? I don't know. They never <laughs> explained. I just remember that there was some Yahoo article. I was in middle school. Matt's I was just like, shaking oh. his head. All I'm saying is that I've been disappointed by so many black people names. It's just not even funny. Well, there's another person named Violence, too. Was his brother's name Sex? I don't know. Sex and Violence. Sex this and is violence. my. These are my children, Sex and Violence. <laughs> I named them after oh my, my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the one thing that I was just sitting there and I was like, she's really being picky. And I think she's purposely doing this. She tries really hard to draw the reader's attention to certain things. When Jessica explains, like, oh, Edward is, like, no one is good enough for him. No one hangs out with these people. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. I don't know. But it seems like Bella is trying to be really nitpicky about these things to get inside Edward's Is it Bella or Stephanie as the writer? See, I think that it's Stephanie trying to make Bella seem more complex by making her seem like, oh, she's not about the surface level. She's trying to dig deep and get under these people's skin, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So I think that's Stephanie's way of trying to make Bella look like a more complex person. Which doesn't work because I feel like Bella's just as facetious as everyone else because oh, yeah. she comments so much on their physical attributes. And she really does. It's not done well, but I think that was her intent. She doesn't treat her friends right. Like, poor Mike. She calls Mike the dog? A golden retriever. <laughs> she said this is a golden retriever. She's like, go fetch the bone. He's so openly friendly and Bella's just like not having any of it. And then yeah. her sort of friend Lauren doesn't listen to her at all. Jessica doesn't kind of drowns her out. I'm like, girl, you're just as fake as the rest of them. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's the case with every person that talks to her. She's just like, who the fuck are you? You're, you're too shallow for me. I want deep conversation with my Edward. She doesn't seem like she's wanting to connect with these people at all, Mm-mm. but she wants to connect with the one person that is repulsed by her on the first day of school. I know. That's her first obsession. She's like, oh, he hates me. I have to know why now. Yeah. If he is not interested in any other girl, then I'm going to make him interested in me kind of deal. That's how I kind of took from it. Do y'all think it's weird that Bella has to do all the cooking in her house? No. No? 
I do like the extra context, though, it gives her parents, though, because we didn't really see that in the movie. So it's interesting mm -hmm. to explain. She was the one basically taking care of her mother because her mother was kind of all over the place. And her father, is since he's by himself, he's not really used to having another person with him. So I kind of liked that dynamic. I made a note on Bella's mom emailing her so much. I was just like, is this before texting was so mainstream? I'm wondering I... if my dad read this book because my dad contacts me through email now, so... I had to do a little bit of a deep dive because this was published in 2005 and I can't remember that far back. So I was 12 and this was back when cell phones were around, but a lot of kids didn't have them. Oh, yeah. And the kids who did have them had limited minutes and limited messages because unlimited plans were expensive and uncommon. And if you mm -hmm. did have a plan, you oftentimes had to do the whole wait till after 9 p.m. to call people. Oh, yes. I do days. remember getting in trouble for that the first time I had a cell phone because I didn't know how plans and data worked. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to text because if I texted, it would charge. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's why we used AIM. So I was like, it makes sense that Bella's mom is emailing her. Yeah. It just seemed weird looking at it with the 2021 lens. I was like, why didn't you just send her a text? Yeah, you're like, oh, right. That wasn't always a thing. Okay, so this movie came out in like 2008. When I look at it, there are times where I'm like, okay, that was 2008. That just seems like it was today with how people dress and some outfits and stuff. But I remember 2008 and I remember I was calling people and people were calling me and stuff. Technology advanced in some sort of way from 2004 to 2008. So they made it a little bit more modern in the movie, which I'm more familiar with. And so when I was like, oh, her mom emailed her. That's new. I don't remember any of this whatsoever. <laughs> the rest of the chapter was Stephanie Meyer writing about the weather either raining or not raining. <laughs> writing about the dull passage of time. <laughs> it's interesting that she does that because she's like, everything was boring. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of bored right now. Yeah, like, okay, next. If you lived up there, what is there to do? I don't know. I feel like she doesn't need to write about that. <laughs> I know. Why set a book there if the town is boring? I wonder, did she live there or something? Did she visit Forks? I feel like she did. Is Forks a real mm -hmm. Yeah, there was place. a whole documentary it's a, it's a on this. Yeah. Yeah. Really? And they go to like and Port Angeles and that's a real place. I want to watch the documentary now see what they were talking about. She hasn't visited one town from the story before writing the story oh you gotta go take a vacation enjoy the environment and then write about it stephanie what are you doing that was the first article the second article is from her blog from 2018 or sorry 2008 saying that forks is a real place and i was there I would like to go up there because I would just like to check it out. I think the Pacific Northwest is beautiful. Well, you're the closest one. Go visit the high school. Oh, be like Kristen Stewart walked in here. <laughs> she touched the walls. You're like, hi, I'm looking for biology class. <laughs> biology too. Is that what the biology class? Yeah. They were like, were you in advanced placement? And she's like, yeah, I did this lab already. She kept reminding yeah, us so how she already did all this work already. Like, I'm the shit. So it snows. Bella doesn't like the snow. 
And then Edward isn't in school for a few days after seeing her for the first time. And then he's back. And then they do the lab that y'all are talking about. Again, I'm reading details into this now. (laughs) I don't know why. But when it first snows, she's like, ah, it's snowing. Crap. And she brings forth that this means it's going to be a bad day because she doesn't like snow. Mm -hmm. And then right afterwards, she walks into biology and Edward's sitting there. And she's like, great. This is even more of a bad day because I was having a great time for this short week of him not being here, and now he's mysteriously Mm. back. Then he gets on to her about why are you really here in Forks and stuff like that, which even presses further that she's like, oh, this is a terrible day because he's trying to get into my head. But it works, right? She basically gets dazzled into telling him (laughs) her life story. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. That's not wrong. (laughs) I totally forgot why that she moved to Forks. I knew it was because her mom was moving, but I didn't know the specifics. Like, Bella's like, mm-hmm. no, I will let you travel with her stepdad because he's playing minor league baseball. I don't follow minor league baseball. So you don't know who, what was his name again? Phil. You don't know who Phil is? <laughs> Everybody who's anyone knows who Phil is. Does he even show up in the movie? <laughs> I don't remember. I also was wondering, because she sacrificed her happiness in Phoenix, is that why she's so dry in Forks? Because she's just like, all the life is sucked out of me and now I'm in Forks. Yeah, she doesn't want to be there. She thinks she's doing it for her mom. She thinks she's doing this big sacrifice when no one asked her to do anything. Her relationship with Charlie is super awkward, and I love it because it's like one arm hugs and a lot of ums and silences. Can we just take a moment to express our appreciation for the man, the myth, the legend, Charlie Swan, (laughs) is the MVP of Twilight. He gets things done. Mustache dad gets things done, the only thing that's important to him is his daughter's safety, no matter how much of a bitch she is, no matter how much she mistreats him, no matter how much she goes against everything he's trying to do for her and makes stupid mistakes and tries to screw everything up, Team Mustache Dad is there for her and he takes care of her. Charlie Swan, I love you. The real MVP here. I'll just say this, during the biology class scene, one, I totally forgot about prophase, anaphase, metaphase, all that stuff. I, I like remember I that shit lesson. right away. I was like, oh yeah, I was like, biology. what do these mean? <laughs> I remember the phases. I don't remember what order they go in. Page 29 is when Edward, when you mentioned it, Matt, that he was like, hello, I am Edward Cullen. I like how it said, hello, said a quiet musical voice. Yes, musical <laughs> voice. I love that. What's a musical voice? It's where you're going, hello. (laughs) But it's quiet. You sing in music. Catherine, your pages are different than mine. Chapter 29 is the beginning of page two for me. This is the deluxe version, y'all. If you ever get the one that has Twilight and Not all of us can afford the fancy dancy shit, Catherine. We're poor over here. We can only afford orange trucks. Hey, if you use the (laughs) library, you might get a nice addition. I did get an ebook app, though, so... That is actually pretty fun and convenient if you do not have the real book. Not sponsored by ebooks. Or the library. <laughs> Please sponsor us. 
We are looking for sponsors. <laughs> I'm surprised that we've had things to say about this for an hour. We have not brought up Mr. Cullen yet. <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> this is another dissertation that we need to unfold. Hishinagans start next section. They really do, but Edward Cullen is just... He's... He's a hot fucking mess. He's kind of disgusting. Yeah. Edward kind of gets really, really creepy and uncomfortable. I just kept visualizing the movie, and this is why I wanted to, like, download Netflix again. Because I wanted to see his interaction. All I remember was, like, he just looked utterly repulsed by her on the first day of school. And then all of a sudden, he's nice and charming. I mean, I know why, but... Mm -hmm. But seems jarring. I didn't know anybody like that in high school. No guy was like that in high school. You don't know any vampires? <laughs> I don't live in Forks, Washington. I lived in Woodstock, yeah. Georgia. Vampires only live in Forks, Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. We have Deer, Camo, and Waffle House. I like two out of three of those things. I like three out of three of those things. <laughs> Camouflage, Deer, Eating, Waffle House. All right. Yes. All of them at the same time. <laughs> While we're at it, do you have anything that you want to plug for yourself? You already know this. We got the mm, conversations where your boy, the Impossible Burger, talking about whatever we want with my boy, Timothy, Tim Possible, <laughs> as well as my girl, <laughs> Nigara, a.k.a. the Strawberry Shortcake. We got our most recent episode that went up, featured this lovely porcelain white lady in front of me right here that's me we talked about covid some more because that's still a thing and our next episode is actually a really good one it's about societal labels and we had emily join us and all of us kind of went off a little bit there's some alcohol involved there too and it was oh. megan's birthday so we were already kind of partying mm, conversations mmm uh, it's delicious <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all have anything else that you want to say about the first few chapters of Twilight? It's been so long, and I'm kind of getting flashbacks of high school again. <laughs> Not a good thing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Triggering. I just remember when I read this, it was cold, and I was listening to Sarah Bareilles' love song. Were you in Forks? No. <laughs> Were you in your wet? orange truck? If I had a truck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going back to a time of where certain songs and certain styles are popping back up in my head again. He was a scary boy. She said, see you later, boy. He wasn't good enough for her. God. So whenever I read a book that I've already seen the movie or the show of, I try to, like, erase that and just go in fresh. So I'm trying to, like, approach this from someone who doesn't necessarily know the story and the outcome and all the stuff surrounding Twilight. Because I've seen the movies a number of times. I've seen a number of people make fun of the movies on YouTube and such. There's a lot of Twilight in this brain. But we're just approaching this as a newcomer to the book. Because I've never mm -hmm. actually read the original. Neither have I. It's an interesting, eye-opening experience. I'm trying to reread it in a new perspective. And yeah. now that you bring up this topics about the villains and all that. Yeah, I'm trying to like give this a new perspective rather than just being like... Oh, everybody is reading this because everyone's freaking out about Team Jacob and Team Edward. Uh, Team Jacob. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Team Jacob. I mean, until he said that he wanted to fuck Until the, the last movie, yeah, that was a little weird. He's like, you see this girl? 
I want to have sex with her in 18 years. I was like, that's a little weird. No, more like seven years because she ages faster. Maybe that's why Taylor Swift broke up with Taylor Lautner. I think they were just confused because they had the same goddamn name. <laughs> Wait, which Taylor are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that was like a yeah. hot second, too. <laughs> no, really. That's the most 2000s thing I've ever heard. Well, it was lovely doing these with you both. Yes. And we shall do this again soon because we had a lot more to talk about this than I thought we would. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Until next time, y'all. This has been the Fiddle and Pipe Podcast with your girl, the Ginger Cat, <laughs> as well as your other yeah. girl, the Porcelain Vampiric Beauty, Brittany Ross. She could fit in the Cullen Clan easily, no problem. Yes. And then I have been your host, Dark Yagami, aka the Impossible Burger, aka. Stanley Yelnitz, because I dig this. <gasps> you read Holes and Watched Holes too? Oh my god, that was like the first book in fourth grade that we had to read for class, and we all, that was the year the movie came out, and we went to class to see it. Thank you, Brittany! You need to read and watch Holes, that's our next book. Holes is a I'm classic. leaving now, bye! Holes is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> Gather's gonna bully me, I gotta go. <laughs> Alright, bye guys!